Welcome to Kick Back with Chris, the martial arts podcast. to you by Martialytics. Easy to use, super powerful management software for your martial arts school. Hey everybody and welcome to the episode of Kickback with Chris, the martial arts podcast. So, straight up honest there now, I actually started recording this, whoa, about four or five hours ago and uh, then I got a phone call and then I had to go straight into classes. So, apologies if I am a little bit high energy, I've just walked off the mats and come in to start recording this because I've not got I've only got a short window in which to get it done. Um so again apologies if it's a little bit if I'm, if I'm a bit quick when I'm speaking. I've just you know it is just finished training so I'm a bit bit high energy. Um so this week's episode is going to be the first of my sort of solo episodes. Uh, as I've mentioned on some of the posts on the Facebook group and the like page and and, and the sorts. Um some episodes are going to be topic-based with guests on. Some episodes are going to be me tackling subjects. So I'm trying to switch and change because, you know, having put this out there, people have said that some people like the guests, some people like it when it's me, uh, all that sort of stuff. So I'm going to sort of spread it around. And some of the topics are, like today's, are ones that have been asked for time and time and time again. And I've avoided doing them simply because I felt it was a little bit of a tricky one to put on other people. Um, you know, I, I can't blame I can't blame people for not wanting to commit to you know having a recording of them discussing certain topics. This being one. Now it's fair to say that a lot of people have an opinion on this, uh, quite rightly, to be fair. And I actually put a post on my personal Facebook back end of last year now that was kind of intentional that i did it when i did it and then left a big gap um i don't actually know if the post is still there to be fair but i want to i want to reference some of the i've just said that and realized i don't even think i've got the page open but anyway i'm going to reference some of the conversations that were discussed on there and it just feels best because i don't i don't ever mention names unless of course people are cool about it and i've I've asked people about it and in fact i did actually on that post say i was going to use the content in this this discussion but the topic for this week is basically is black belt a fair judgment of somebody's ability to teach or is black belt uh, a recognizable proof of eligibility to teach because this is this is a one this along with um should there be junior black belts and what do you think of award nights are the most common questions or topics that I get asked to talk about because it's a bit loaded, isn't it? People are going to use it to justify their own thoughts and feelings and um, as a means to get at people and as a way to point and go, hey, look, it's talking about that. Let's let's tell everybody because um, it's just the pettiness of, of the industry that we work in. Um, but this one I did want to talk about because... Well, I actually want to come at this from multiple angles because I could just press record and say or ask, is black belt a good indication of someone's ability to teach? No. Goodbye. But that would be an obvious way to do it and it's also boring and it doesn't really 
deal with the intricacies or the nuances of of the question which are multifaceted really there's a, there's a lot more to it and and you need to sort of open your mind to to coming at it from multiple views now i am going to be honest i am going to cover some of my own history um because i think when discussing topics like this it is it is best to be honest and it is best to be open-minded as well and well i'll go back right to the start so if you look at the question is is a black belt proof of ability to teach and the common sense answer is on the face of it no it's not because a black belt isn't automatically an instructor but you can see how younger people less experienced people may get the reality of things confused now going back to excuse me going back so i said i've just come out of training going back to when i first started teaching i would have been wow 18 19 something like that and i was now as originally i was an assistant so i had a very small beginners back in the 90s when kickboxing was booming then it was just everywhere you know, you had a Taekwondo class and you called it kickboxing. You had a karate class, you called it kickboxing just because everybody wanted to do it. It was sort of like the Billy Blanks Taibo era. If you're, those of you old enough to remember that, the VHS tapes with the, the workouts on. Um, sort of like a uh, a martial arts version of Mr. Motivator, if, you, <laughs> if you're old enough to remember him as well. Um, and it was all the rage. So kickboxing was, was all the rage in the 90s. And um, if you did kicking and punching, they just called it kickboxing. So I was teaching for the school that I was training at on, I think it was a Tuesday evening. I'm probably wrong on that one. But I would have been, on ITF Taekwondo level, I would have been a red belt. Which, for those of you that don't follow the belt rankings, was sort of two before black belt. Depending on how your belt structures work. So there'd be red belt, black tag, then black belt. Um, And then obviously the the tags on the black stripe and all that um, sort of thing. So, yeah, it was you know, it was a higher grade, but it was by no means a black belt. And, you know, I got into that because I wanted to emulate my instructors. I, You know, you, you, that sort of age, you sort of idolise... Well, not idolise, but you, you've got a high level of respect for your instructors and you want to be just like them, don't you? So the, the opportunity came along to to assist in a class which turned out to just be cheap <laughs> cheap labor you know cheap i wasn't i wasn't getting paid for it i was sort of going along because i saw it as a huge honor to be given the opportunity to teach class but i was working for free basically um and that's how i started out and then i i actually ended up working full time for that same group same school and i was i was ori- initially working full time as a martial arts instructor, as a black stripe, wasn't a black belt. Um, and my experience, really, or my training, was basically apprenticeship. I suppose it was well, I was getting thrown on the mats and learning the hard way. You know, there you go, have fifteen four-year-olds crack on. That's how I learned. Learned on the job, so to speak, which is a horrific way of learning, to be fair. Um, but that that's that's the way I did it, and I didn't question it because that's what I knew. That's what I knew. My my introduction 
to teach him to be a martial arts instructor, which has been told, off you go, off you pop, go for it. So when I eventually, how do I say this? When I was eventually moved on, we've covered this in the podcast before. I had aspirations to have my own school and the school owner of the school I was working at got wind of that and so I was out the door. That's fine actually because that was better, much better for me, better for them. Who wants an instructor that doesn't want to teach for them? Well, it wasn't that I didn't want to teach for them. It was I wanted to eventually have my own school. That didn't fit in with what they were doing. I was probably a pain in the ass as well, truth be told. I definitely was. <laughs> anyway, that's a different story. So, you know, as I say, my my introduction to teaching was just crack on with it. I had I had no appreciation for the nuances, the, the, the legalities, the, anything like that. And so when I eventually moved on, I left that school... I was sacked. Uh, I floated around a little bit, and then I ended up at another school not too far away that was actually loosely connected, um, which, in all fairness, was a mess. Um, I was brought in as a bit of a sticking plaster to try and fix the place, but it it really was on its last legs. Um, And I left there very quickly after I realized that it wasn't really going to go anywhere. And I remember when I left, I said to the guy who owned the school, well, he asked me, you know, what are you going to do? And I went, well, I'm going to open my own school. And he was like, well, how are you going to do that? Who's going to do your gradings? Who's going to be, what's your association going to be? Who are you with? And I just like, I'll do it myself. And I remember him saying, oh, well, that won't work. You can't do that. I was like, well, I'm going to. And that's kind of the point with this, isn't it? Now, whether that was right or wrong, that's what I did. And there was, n- there was nothing in place to stop that happening there was there was nobody telling me other than him saying you shouldn't do that there was nobody stopping me or preventing me or you know there wasn't any of that this is the early 2000s and when i opened my own school the first time around i was a first time black belt um i hadn't got a clue about insurance or qualifications or any any of that stuff it did not have a scooby-doo not a clue uh thankfully i very quickly worked it out um in part through being ripped off by other people but again that's another story but the, the point of it is is you, you can see how people assume that being a black belt is gives them the right or makes them in some way eligible to teach because they've not been told otherwise now interestingly enough again that's my experience and and i'm i may fall into the label or the category that some people were being quite disparaging about um on my own ironically on my own facebook thread um but that that's that's my reality now obviously you fast forward 24 years or whatever it is it's very, very different now. But there's no denying the fact that that was my start. That was my beginnings. As as if we're honest, was the start of a lot of people that had a lot to say about the question, is black belt a good indicator of somebody's ability to teach? Yeah, And I think people forget how they first started out and jump to conclusions. Now, is it taken advantage of? Absolutely. You know, um, the the reality of it is, is you get a black belt, you can, and I'm not going to name groups or insurance providers or stuff, but it, it's literally, you, you send them an email, 
I don't even know. I mean, I know back when I was applying for the various insurance and stuff that nobody asked to see my certificates or... Uh, I'm not saying it's the same now for all ins- all providers because I know that there are responsible insurance providers and whatnot out there that will ask for proof of grade and they will do background checks and stuff. But th- you can go out and get insurance with a black belt, you know. So you only obviously you need your own instructor cover, you need your member to member cover, your public liability, that sort of stuff, blah blah blah. But you can get all that with a black belt certificate, you know. And that's why I'm saying it's not it's not as not a short it's not a it's not a yes no it's not as clear as that because. Like I say, you can look at it like that if you want to. Go, well, no, it's not proof. But the fact of the matter is, it doesn't matter. Because people can, and people will. You know, it's uh, it's unfortunately a, a, a really difficult one to control as well. Because I know there's a lot of people out there that don't like the thought of um, single groups being overarching and being able to control or influence what different styles do and how they do it. Um, but, unfortunately, without there being a certain element of that, you know, you're going to have these people, that, and we all know it, we've all heard it, you know, these people that just give themselves a black belt. They pop down the sports shop and get one, you know, or they get kicked out of a... a, a, a well, how do I say it? <laughs> they get kicked out of a group, shall we say, um, the franchise setup or whatever, and then they just go solo and do it themselves. And there's no connection there. They've not really, you know, they've not really got. They just basically make their own system up, pop a belt on, give themselves a downgrade, and off you go. Um, and, and whilst that sort of thing happens, they, they, they again, it comes back full circle. The question of is it proof of ability to teach? It doesn't matter because they can do it anyway. You know. Um, but anyway, I'm going to actually, whilst I'm thinking about this now, I'm going to just, you just, you just hum amongst yourselves because I'm going to see if I can find the original, um, the original post on my Facebook wall because it is going back a while. I don't actually use my personal Facebook all that much anymore. So it makes finding posts like this uh, a little bit easier because, well, I don't post much so you can find stuff quicker. I'm just going to go back. A little bit more. Keep singing amongst yourselves. I could just pause it at this point and go back. <laughs> but I know it's not that far. So, here we go. Can't be far now. Uh, here we go. So, there were 16 comments on this thread. So, I said, uh, so I'm starting a new podcast format this week featuring... Well, I didn't start it this week. This is back in November. <laughs> Sorry, I lied. Um, for good reason. Featuring topics suggested by listeners, the first one being, is Black Belt a sufficient indicator of competence to teach? Well, I put that so much better on there than the way I just read it out, didn't I, in the podcast? So, what are your thoughts, people? So, let's have a look at what some people said. Uh, Again, I'm not going to mention names. Um, So, first comment. I consider Black Belt to be an indication of your personal skills. I have seen good teachers at lower grades because they know how to teach and learn. Yeah. Fair enough, which I suppose harks back to what I was saying about when when I first started out. I don't think I was a particularly good instructor. I just think I was really, really excited and, and enthusiastic about martial arts, was willing to do it for free, and was desperate to... Not desperate, no, that sounds wrong. I was keen to mimic my instructors um, and put into practice some of that. So, you know, 
Um, and as someone says here, considering you can go and buy a black belt at Sports Direct, the answer is no. <laughs> it's just very true. Very true. I don't know why I'm laughing, but it, you know it's quite scary, really. Uh, another comment: If people want to learn from you, you can be a teacher. Whatever you, you can be a teacher. All right, let's, let's let's start that again. If people want to learn from you, you can be a teacher. Whatever you want to put around your waist. All oh, right, yeah. So yeah, yeah, you can. Um, and that has its that has its pluses and its my, and negatives, doesn't it? Big time. The fact that you can put whatever you want around your waist and you can teach, and off you go. I suppose. Yeah, because... Uh, okay, I don't want to get too negative, but because I suppose essentially Black Belt now is not... It's not devalued across the board, but you've got like these five-year-old second-hands in some setups, and then, you know, you've got others, hardcore setups where, like, I mean, God, it took me... I mean, it's not like I'm trying to make out like I'm some bigwig or something, like, ah, oh, back in the day. But the fact of the matter is it took me 10 years to get to Black Belt. Partly through my own laziness, but partly through the strictness of my first school. You know, we graded once a year, maybe. Um, so it took a long time. Uh, next comment is, Being a black belt does not make you a good teacher, no. I do, however, feel it should be a prerequisite to learning to teach or passing an assessment to run a school or class. Though insistent instructors' training should, can, start earlier under guidance from an instructor. Yep, yeah, I mean, that makes sense, doesn't it? I like that. Black belt should be a prerequisite to learning to teach or passing an assessment to run a school. Absolutely. Absolutely it should be. Um, And I think that's, to a certain degree, you know, how a school sets out their curriculum and how they award a black belt is up to them. But I think to a certain degree when it comes to coaching... There should be an outside influence in that. There should be somebody else or some or another group controlling that element because otherwise, let's be straight, you've got a greedy, lazy instructor that can see a way out of doing work. They've got a keen 16-year-old that can't kick... I know, you know, I'm, I'm talking Taekwondo here, but whatever the system is. They've got, they've got a keen 16-year-old that maybe isn't that great but is happy to teach five hours a day not that they should um they're gonna they're gonna take advantage aren't they so having an outside group controlling um which i know is a word a lot of people don't like um all right assessing the validity of somebody's claim to be able to teach or uh, or right to be able to teach i don't think that's such a bad thing you know you might you might uh worm out some of these weirdos so to speak anyway enough about that uh next comment i've seen some amazing martial artists in my time but some can't teach for toffee these aren't my comments by the way this is this i'm reading this i assisted for many years uh sorry i as i oh i'm gonna start again i assisted for many yesterday no that's a typo i think they meant years I assisted for many years at Marginal School before opening my own place. Um, yeah, I mean, I get the point about I've seen some amazing martial arts, uh, martial artists that can't teach. I, I've that. I mean, that is a thing. I, I agree with that because not everyone can teach. Um, but I think everybody does have the ability to influence. 
there's a difference between being an instructor and all right, no, there's a there's a difference between being able to help somebody and being able to instruct on a regular basis. I think it takes a certain mentality, a certain type of person um, to be able to do it. And again, whether you're going to instruct on a smaller scale or whether you're going to instruct full time, again, it takes different types of people. It's it's mentally quite draining um, teaching full time. That, that, that's a fact. Uh, next comment is it's like saying it's like saying a driving license is a permit to teach driving it is but you are much better off with an actual instructor yeah that makes sense absolutely it does um but again (laughs) with all this sort of stuff it it totally makes sense when you read it you know it is like saying having a driving license is a permit to teach you you know you can technically with a driving license have a learner in your car and within reason uh, and and help them to pass a driving test but you are better off going to a driving instructor for the majority of the time it's a completely fair point but again it comes back to the fact that you can get a black belt you can get your insurance off you pop it's you know uh next comment says black belt means you can do it doesn't mean you can teach it yeah that I mean, straight up, yeah, that's right. Um, although, arguably, it doesn't necessarily mean you can do it anymore, does it? But again, that's another podcast. <laughs> that's for another se- another session altogether. Uh, right, I'll do a few more of these because there is quite a lot of these. Um, I've had to do this one last. Uh, personally, I feel that doing and teaching require different skill sets. I have trained under some great. Oh, I've just clicked more and realised how big this is. This is a big reply. I'll just do the first. I'll just do the first um, paragraph. Uh, I've trained under some great practitioners that are awful instructors. Sometimes they lack the interpersonal skills to effectively pass on knowledge, while other other times they just do not have a clue what effective coaching, teaching, instructing looks like. I should say I have also trained under some instructors that have great martial arts and coaching skills. I've trained under some instructors that have great martial arts and coaching skills. Okay, that's probably, I don't know if that's a typo or not. But that actually does lead to an interesting point because um, this ties in to the original question. Is a black belt a good indication of ability to teach? I have trained under some amazing coaches and there are some out there as well, amazing coaches that have schools with amazing, amazing levels of skill. Of What's the word I'm looking for? My brain's tired. I'm like coming off that adrenaline dump from teaching. It's like training. <laughs> My brain's going <clears throat> slowing down. Um, well, standards. There we go. They've got amazing standards in their sc- in their schools, but they themselves aren't necessarily fitting the general mould of an exceptionally talented martial artist. I'm doing that with the finger air quote things. And again, it's not me passing judgment, but you know what I'm saying. Um, and it's you see that in gymnastics in in all sorts of sports where the coach isn't necessarily your stereotypical amazing martial artist but their their standards within their schools and their students is really really high so again it 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 ties into the question i'm not going to keep repeating the same question but you you see what i'm saying um there's, there's a lot more to it than just a flat no it is anyway Hopefully somewhere in that 27 minutes of me rambling, <laughs> of me rambling, uh, you know, you've got something from it, you know, um, by all means, if you think I'm talking absolute guff, 
tell me. Uh, I'm not that delicate. You know, drop me a message, email, whatever. I'm happy. I'm always happy to discuss these things. Um, but I just think it's it. There's so much stuff that you need to take into consideration when you're answering questions like that. That you know, you got to look at it from multiple angles. Like I say, how I started out, how a lot of people start out, just complete naivety to it. Um, and we think, yeah, now black belt, I can teach. Off we go because that's that's the bubble that we've we've been brought up in. You know, within our schools, um, with Facebook and social media, it's less these days. But back then, you know, unless you went outside your school, you you didn't really mix with other people. So if you were told that you can teach, then that's what you thought. You knew no different, and you weren't going to question these people because they were gods to you. You know, these instructors and school owners. So you can see how it happens and why it happens. And I think we've got to be careful not to judge too much sometimes because the system is set up to allow people to think that and then go off and act on it because there's nothing stopping them. And like I mentioned before, you've got official government websites telling you stuff that it doesn't make any sense. Now, thankfully now, there are a lot of associations and groups out there that you can turn to for advice on this one. And that's what I would say. I mean, if you're listening to this and you're thinking, well, I'm a black belt, I can go off and teach. I'd just say, you know, just just calm down on that little, on that little bit and um, go and go. There's plenty of Facebook groups. There's plenty of instructors out there that will, that will help you out as best they can. Um, and, and go and take that advice. And, and, and you know, don't, don't be in a rush. Young or old, don't be in a rush. You know, take time to, to do things properly um right we're going to move on now actually i've just noticed somewhere between the start of this podcast and now i've developed a full-blown cold (laughs) it's bizarre 29 minutes 29 minutes talking about instructor stuff and i've got a cold anyway we're going to jump over now we're going to go and uh, have a chat with matthew chapman um and then i'll see you on the other side hopefully with less of a cold you're listening to Kick Back with Chris, the martial arts podcast, brought to you by www.onlinekicking.co.uk. All right, guys, so it's uh, time once again um, in two consecutive weeks now. I'm back on the roll. It's Mr. <laughs> Chapman. How you doing, dude? Ooh, sounding, you're sounding crisp and clear there. Uh, I'm trying a different approach because I usually do it off my phone, but that doesn't seem to work, so I'm trying it off my webcam. And if that doesn't work, uh, then... Chris has promised me a uh, microphone <laughs> for a 100th episode. So that's very kind of you, Chris. Thanks, dude. I tell you what, right, we'll do, we'll do a deal right now. <laughs> if, uh, somebody, if somebody goes on to uh, kickbackpodcast.com and clicks on the Mintmaster link at the top and buys one of Matthew Chapman's awesome courses, I will use that money to buy him a webcam. How's about that? Oh, thank not you. webcam, not webcam. No, a microphone, sorry. Microphone, yeah. So I've got my own, some nice ones on Amazon, about 200 quid. That'd be great. Yeah, you might have to buy about 10 courses <laughs> <laughs> or one really expensive one and then we'll be all right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, but I'll do that. I, I will do that. I will do that. Thank you, dude. Does that, I will get you a microphone. So you can't say better than that, can you? No. And I will, uh, secretly you. Just, I will secretly just send you one of the many I have already. And Yeah, exactly. One broken down <laughs> one. Um, whenever I listen back to the podcast, you always sound like, smooth and crystal clear and i always sound like i'm in a barrel being like rolled down a hill so that's just my my voice oh, okay that's just your voice just my um 
your Alan Partridge voice. Right? I was about to say that you literally <laughs> stole those words. You know, when, as luck would have it, I literally genuinely do have a Toblerone on my desk right now. <laughs> I just don't drive barefoot to Scotland. I don't do that part. Yeah, alter ego. <laughs> if anybody's not got a clue what I'm talking about, right, we're talking about, right, you have to just go and look. Google search Alan Partridge Toblerone on YouTube. Yes. Not Google search on YouTube. What am I about? I sound like a right granddad. Anyway, you know what I mean. Go on YouTube. In fact, just watch all of Alan Partridge's comedy stuff because it was absolutely classic. Oh, it was hilarious. It was good, wasn't it? Yeah. I loved all those. Anyway, we're, we're going off on random tangent. So, <laughs> tangent, tangent. So all these painkillers were full of. So um, we're both a bit broken, aren't we? Uh, currently, yeah. Do you want to go first or shall I go first? I'll go first. So um, I've already I've already mentioned it a little bit on some of the previous episodes and the reason why I wasn't recording as well. So um, I've finally got myself in to see a surgeon having had an MRI scan. And it turns out that I've been walking around and training and kicking and doing everything on a fully torn medial meniscus for the last year. Superb. So I don't know how I've managed. I must have just got really lucky. It only started hurting in that sort of September last year. Uh, but it's completely torn in half. Absolutely fully gone. Torn. Wow. So if anybody asks, I'm sat down and not doing any training. And <laughs> <laughs> um, what's, uh, what's the next step then? Well, um, first surgeon that I saw, um, all he does is just rip, rip it all out. That's his job. He basically said, I can go in and take it all out, which is what they would normally do. But because I've had surgery on the same area previously for a fall, which they think is connected to the breakdown in this meniscus, uh, mm. medial meniscus, um, if they whip it all out, uh, I'll get arthritis in it very quickly, which is not great at 43. Um, but because I've done such a fantastic job of tearing it in a very straight line, <laughs> thinks they might be able to repair it. Ah, super. Um, the downside of that is I have to wait to see another surgeon, which is at the end of March. And there's every possibility he'll look at it and go, nah, I can't repair that. Mm. And if they do repair it, I have to stay sat down for a significant amount of time. <laughs> As in like what, months? As in like at least three months, if not six months, potentially. Oh, um, it depends how it heals because cartilage doesn't heal. It's not, it's not got the healing. But if they stitch it together, apparently, if you behave on it for long enough, it will take... And in theory, I should go back to how I was exactly prior. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, it should just be fine again. Um, got to go through that then, haven't you, really? Yeah, so this, in, in, the, in the long run, it's the better option. It's just I've got to wait. I mean, I don't yeah. do waiting. <laughs> well, you might have to do waiting. So I might be getting the Fisher Price set out and uh, doing it on myself. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Jeez. McDonald's straw and a drill, and uh, off we go. And uh, so, so now, now I've done my woe to me. It's your turn. Crack on. Oh, mine's not as uh, exciting as yours. <laughs> I've just got general wear and tear damage in my um, parts of my spine. And so I had a steroid injection into one of the facet joints, which is one of the joints down the side of your spine. Oh, yeah. I know that well. To take away the sciatica I've been having that's been shooting into my leg and making it very difficult to walk or train or do anything, really. Uh so I had that, and one of the interesting side effects of that, I'm going to put this out out there for entertainment's sake, is I totally <laughs> lost control of my bladder and bowels. Oh, no. Because I had no sensation. Like, the whole area was totally numb. So I spent a lot of the day after my operation, like, peeing myself at regular interviews, intervals, which was uh, highly amusing, uh, laying on the sofa, wetting myself like an old man. <laughs> so any um, anybody out there that's got kids in the car, 
tell them to put things in their ear. So you you became the you became shitmaster Matt for a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just for twenty four hours. It's quite interesting. Oh my god, that's uh, terrible. But, but now a uh, lot less pain in the leg. So now starting to do a lot more physio, more stretching every day, and just trying to repair the damage I've done through 35 years of martial arts. Hula hooping. Something like that, yeah. That's what you've been doing, isn't it? All them hula hooping. Mm. So, I've yeah, great. Well, it's, the, the, the reason we're sharing this with you folks is not so that you can send us loads of Calpol in the post and... and <laughs> and cards although if you want to send cards in the post to me feel free um yeah no <laughs> well actually no i should maybe be careful with that but um no it's because obviously i'm i've been a, i know matt, obviously matt chapman is everybody knows what you do um but i've been a long time an advocate for get your stuff videoed and get it online and get it get it doing done because i'm so glad i did i was like yeah i mean properly exactly and all your videos you know from what five years ago yeah um i guess can you do, still do those techniques or well, i could i could up until september last year right so put it that way um and now no i know i, no. I just can't I can, well i can do everything slowly yeah but i can't i can't kick a pad hard i can't move fast um and yeah. the, the only thing is i can't I can't kick with the leg and I can't pivot on it. So it's not, I can't even use my left leg properly either. So hands only for you. Well, yeah. And, but even then I was like, Oh yeah, I'll get some boxing training in. And then I tried to do a bit of, you know, boxing PT stuff, but you obviously you push off your leg as well. So I can't push and rotate through the knee. So it's, it's kind of having one slightly dodgy knee. It it knackers everything. Yeah. Um, And I, and mate, I lose count of how many times I get people messaging me saying, Oh, I've been thinking about, I've been thinking about doing these videos, but I've just, you know, I've just not got around to it. And I think a lot of it is fear of the unknown, fear yeah. of ju- fear of judgment. Oh yeah, classic. And I swear to God, mate, like seriously, people, if you're out there thinking about doing it and you're worried about what people think, just shelve it because, it, like, I had no idea this was going to happen. I literally went from training in a session, um, doing uh, doing Muay Thai PT on a Thursday. To Saturday, thinking mm, this knee's not right. To the next week, being told I had to rest it for five weeks. Mm. You know, it was as quick as that. You know, and you know, I, I we're not entirely sure when I've done it. It's sometime within the last year. I can't actually pinpoint definitely. Oh, I did it then. I did. I I, I don't know. Yeah, uh, it can happen as easy as that. You know, and it's not through anything I've done in a silly training way or anything like that. It's just. At some point, it's happened. Um, I maybe turned a little bit too fast, or you know, whatever. Um, so it can happen yeah, to anybody. It's part of the part of the job, isn't it? We yeah. we deal with injury and pain, and you know, uh, continually as martial artists and martial arts instructors. Uh, and usually, when you're younger, you just kind of shrug them off, don't you? you yeah. Know? <laughs> um, your arms half hanging out the socket, and you put it back in, and then you're back training the next week, and everything's okay. Uh, that's fine in your twenties and your thirties, I would say. Mm. Um, Bob Breen, who's a, a very respected martial arts and in his se- martial artist and in his seventies now, said, you know, it start it starts going wrong at forty, and it really goes wrong at fifty, and I've <laughs> to be fair, he's, he's right. I started getting a bit stiffer and a bit more injury prone in my 40s, and now I'm approaching my 50s. Things are properly going wrong. So, <laughs> yeah, he, he was he was exactly right. But like you, I'd filmed 
easily over 100 hours worth of content before my back sort of gave out. Um, and I can use that content for the next, you know, 10, 20 years exactly. uh, or longer, uh, which is really, really cool. And I look back at some of the videos um, when I was, you know, in my 30s kicking. And I'm like, oh, damn, I was pretty good at kicking. Yeah, I was going to ask if, you know, if you looked back at stuff and thought, wow, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I've, I was a lot thinner. Um, I had <laughs> less hair. <laughs> less hair back then than i have okay. now it doesn't make any sense but there you go um but yeah i mean my my, my i thought my kicking looked pretty good back then and nowadays what with uh, everything that's going on I'm, I'm not sure i'd want to risk doing you know like a jump spin hook kick or something because my entire spine might crumble to dust <laughs> uh, i'm so yeah. glad I, I got that filmed and um i was speaking to steve rowe as well uh about this obviously he's had a horrific time with his yeah. with his health and, and various uh issues that he's had to deal with and he he was like the same he, he's so glad that he filmed all that content for his online platform um back then uh, and especially before the pandemic as well so yeah look if you're of that age you know if you're in your 30s 40s and 50s now's the time because if you Definitely. think about it you're kind of in your martial arts peak yeah you know you've got decades of training behind you you're still fit and strong you still can do probably most of the things that you used to do um guaranteed by the time you're in your 50s and 60s it, it, you're not going to be exactly the same um so just get it get it filmed now even if you never use it like even yeah. if you film everything you know and put it all down and it's like 30 hours 50 hours 100 hours worth of content and you just put it away and you know your kids can watch it yeah uh, or your 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 senior instructors can watch it or your students yeah. can watch it or you just put it all on youtube for free it doesn't really matter yeah but at least you kind of got that legacy um and it's great to look back and watch yourself training when you were young you're like oh yeah that's pretty good <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's definitely worth doing i remember i i started um I mean, I filmed all of our syllabus originally, and I and this is back when we were burning DVDs and stuff. Yeah. And then when it came time to switch it to an online platform, I just used all of that old footage yeah. because it was a younger me doing the thing that I wanted to record. And I thought, well, I'll just use that because I can't do it like that now. So I'll just <laughs> I'll just use that footage. People are going to yeah. be like, God, you look younger than that. Yes, because I was. It was about 15 years ago. <laughs> But I repurposed the same footage. So even if you film it now and you're on the fence and you're not quite sure, you're not maybe not in the a place where you're happy with putting it online yet. It might be yeah. that in two or three years' time you think, oh, actually, do I need this? My legs have packed in or whatever. You know, you've got it there, and it's it's as I say, it's ready to go. And I think I just think you know, I un I understand people worrying about putting themselves out there for you know worrying about if people are going to judge them or this or that. But at the same time. We are very quick to stand up in front of our students and tell them all that confidence is important and you need to challenge well, yourself. Well, well, it's like, like um, this is not going to be a very popular statement, but like, really, martial arts instructors, you're worried about what Dave Frazzlepants57 says yeah. about your YouTube video when he's never met you, he lives on the other side of the world, he probably doesn't train martial arts. Why would you even let that get into your brain? Yeah, it, does, it just doesn't make sense to me. Like, I, I don't get it. The only people I listen to, really, in terms of critiquing my technique, are my se seniors in yeah. martial arts. You know, yeah. 
world champion people, um, people who've been training longer than me, people who have been training with me, if they say, Matt, that was shocking, what are you doing putting that out? I might yeah. be like, oh, okay, I'll take a look at it and take their feedback. But someone I've never met, I don't know anything about, I don't know if they're a martial artist, I don't know if they've been training as long as me. I don't know if they've had the experiences I've had. Why would I listen to them? So yeah. I don't really get this this uh, worry about other people's opinions. It's it's a bit strange to me, but yeah. I do understand it's mass. It's a massive problem for a lot of people. It is. It is, and you know their opinions aren't going to pay your bills, so it, it it's irrelevant. Right. It's, it's not those people you want to be worried about. It's it's you know. I mean, I've had it with the look. I've had it with the podcast. I've had people. Um, there was a point where I would get more silly negative messages than positive ones. And now it's gone completely the other way. You know, for every mm. 10 nice messages I'll get, I'll get an idiot. Your podcast shit. Well, <laughs> all right. Well, I'm fair enough. But then I'll get other people that say, oh, no, it's helped me through a difficult time. Or I listen to you when I'm, you know, a, a family member is in hospital. I listen to, you know what I mean? And I think yeah, Christ, yeah, yeah. you know, it's really making a difference to people. They're the ones I need to focus on, not, dickhead billy boy 55 with his yeah. cat profile picture because he can't have a picture of himself because <laughs> hiding. Yeah, yeah, yeah i'm not going to worry about them and it, I, you know it's the same with the i mean i've had i've had it on my youtube channels i'm sure you have i've had it on my online stuff you just gotta i mean i just laugh at it now it's quite funny i quite like it when people write silly comments on my videos to be fair. Yeah, i'm not right. asking you to go and do it before anybody gets any ideas but it is quite funny i mean you have you've had a corker haven't you what was the one i've had I've had many, many, many. Probably I can't share these on this on this because you're <laughs> taken down for offensive uh, content. But I've had so many. But I, I really like them. Uh, like it just makes me laugh. Um, I haven't had any in a while. So yeah, if anyone wants to send me something offensive about my uh, what was, the, what was the, the one the one that rhymes with tank? Your... <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, some guy just posted up. What is this load of wank? And, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I just like, <laughs> laughing face emoji and they just carried on with my day it doesn't affect me because um I know like you said my stuff is fairly well received by a lot of people a so lot. I never focus I never focus on the negatives I just focus on the the positives so yeah if you're thinking about getting stuff out there and that's stopping you just realize you know that is part of putting yourself out there but that's the same as teaching a class you know it and is, then having absolutely. some random nutter turn up and say what's this shit you're teaching exactly um, it can happen in the class and i've had that happen in classes everybody's you know, had that everybody's yeah. had that i mean look, the person I, I, who knows better knows best you're trying to show you yeah. up in front of your class yeah so yeah yeah yeah. i mean and that's the thing if you if you're actually in the community running a club now or a full-time school whatever it is you should be more concerned with that sort of thing than some weirdo on the internet from the other side of the world that has an opinion on your psychic. It's like, yeah, it's just don't even don't even let it enter into your psyche. It's just forget about it. Get the content out there because, like I said, for for you know every person that's got something silly today so to say, you'll have three or four more that will be benefiting from it, and they're the ones that you you put your focus yeah. in. And you know, you don't. I mean, you don't have to do it to take over the world, and you know make millions but if you can earn a little bit from it at the same time then why not i mean it yeah, just I mean, makes sense it does but i think the main thing that stops people is not so much the negative comments although that's quite powerful i think it's a uh, imposter syndrome yeah, yeah. They're like why why would anyone want to learn from little old me when there's you know the best 
people in the world creating online courses. So for, to give an example that a lot of people might know, um, in jiu-jitsu, like Hicks and Gracie is considered probably one of the best jiu -jitsu, pure jiu-jitsu instructors ever. He has online content that he, ha he has put out there, uh, online courses. So, you know, jiu-jitsu instructors would think, well, why would I create anything? Because Hickson's out there or John Danaher's out there or Gordon Ryan's out there creating online content. Why would anyone want my stuff? What you've got to understand is people want Hickson's stuff and John Danaher's stuff, but they also want your opinion, your take on your journey, your experiences, your unique way of imparting the information, your passion um, and your presentation style is what people are yeah. really paying for. Because all I teach is pad work. You, you know, you could, I teach the same pad work that pretty much everyone else teaches all over the world. I've just put my own spin on it, put my own interpretation on it, given it my own naming system uh, and put it together in packages so that it's easy for people to absorb and understand. That's what I've done. And it's been fairly successful up until this point. So don't worry too much about feeling like you're an imposter. You create your own audience of people who yeah. like what you're doing. Yeah. Um, and that's the key. Absolutely. I mean, I just last week I was chatting to uh, the parents of a young lad who's um, he's, he, you know, he attends all my when I used to do a lot of workshops at like martial arts events and stuff, he would always come to them. Um, really, look, really lovely uh, family. And um, he when we did an um, over COVID lockdown, I did a couple of online ones on Zoom. Mm -hmm. um, we did like intensive kicking workshops on, on Zoom and it were, actually worked really well. And he's, he messaged me to say, you know, thanks for doing that workshop because this lad had been really struggling with one particular kick for a long time. And he said there was one thing that you said in that workshop that enabled him to understand it. And now he can do it. Mm. Um, and it was just one little detail that you gave him that was missing from the other workshops with other people that he'd done. And it clicked yeah. in his head and he got it. And I was like, you know, that's that's what it's about, isn't it? Ultimately, it's those little moments and you know they could have done practice the same kick a hundred times at a hundred different events and never got it and it was just that one way that i described it and exactly that's and the got it. you know yeah. the way i teach a spin hook kick is different than the way you teach a spin hook it would be different than the way bill wallace would teach it would be different than the way that you know so and so would teach it but we all teach it in a in a way that's personal to us and that's yeah. what people resonate with and that's what people like so you're not competing with the giants and the best martial artists in the in the world um you're just building your own audience of mm -hmm. people who like how you present the information and like uh, the, the person that you uh, are that's that's what you build and you don't need a massive audience you know probably just need to well to make a um sort of a six-figure income um, from your online course empire which is not going to happen immediately it does take time it does take effort but it is possible because i'm proof that you can do it you, you probably need three thousand people that's it mm. who are wow. into what you're doing and you know will buy a course and spend a bit of money with you and you know join a membership that's all you need and suddenly you've got a six-figure business it's pretty crazy just build up that no like trust, isn't it? That's what it is. You know, that's, that's what it is. Yeah. And, you know, not listening to the negative voice in your head that says no one's going to want this. And why, you know, why, why, um, who am I to create this when there's better people out there than me? And um, what if people say mean things about me? Like, these are the things that stop people. It's all these voices in their head that are like, 
like putting the brakes on even before you know they've got started so it is it is possible and um, i've worked with a lot of clients from from the beginning like when they've had no content all the way to the point where they started creating content and a few years in a uh, uh, bringing in some some pretty decent income um but more importantly to them i've had clients who have made in excess of 60 to 100 grand a year from their online courses but wow. more importantly they just get to help people and they yeah. get to share their passion and they get to create content and they get to um share what they love with lots more people and that's that's really what gets them excited and fired up the money is a, is a nice thing obviously um and it means you're not so reliant on just your income from your martial arts school because you've essentially taken your martial arts school from a town in the uk or wherever you are to worldwide which is great but it's more about just helping people. It's more about uh, building that tribe of people who kind of share your vision and share your ideas and share your passion. Uh, that's the fun bit. And then randomly you get um, spotted like a celebrity in like a, in a petrol station. People come up <laughs> to you and they go, <laughs> are you Mitmaster Matt? And you go, what? <laughs> wow. Yeah. And it's kind of weird. And you just go like, oh, this is really weird. And because they've seen you on loads of videos and loads of YouTube stuff, they almost think of you as a friend. So they've got, kind of got this weird grin on their face. Like they've known you for a long time, like we're old mates type of yeah. thing. Yeah, but this yeah. is the first time I've met them, obviously. Yeah. So I'm like, <laughs> okay, yeah, nice to meet you. It's, it's, that's, that's really weird. And that's, that's happened like five or six times all around the country. Um, <laughs> just, just imagine what it's like to be Justin Bieber or something where you literally cannot leave your house without being... Pass on that one swamped yeah <laughs> crazy so there you go guys stop dicking about and get on and get it done yeah i mean also i mean the pandemic proved that you need to have digital content yeah that's a fair point actually joking aside i think we need to be mindful of that you know it's happened once and for them conspiracy theorists out there they love a good <laughs> they love a good conspiracy there they'll be they'll be counting down the days for the next one there'll be something coming up well, you know, um, it's... I'm a, a, I think there will be some sort of, you know, another pandemic that's a bit more uh, nasty, you know, and we will cry maybe longer lockdowns, more stringent lockdowns, etc. And then oh, Jesus we're back, back to teaching martial arts on Zoom. How, or if you have all your content filmed or your syllabus filmed or your lessons filmed, mm. you can release those. So, you know. I think that proved the point because I've been going on about this for years. You've got to get stuff online and people are like, shut up, Matt. Um, we'll keep teaching our classes. And then obviously pandemic hit and everyone had to do the whole horrible Zoom thing, which is probably the worst thing ever. I think teaching on Zoom sucks. Yeah. But I, I think it's important. So there's so many reasons to do this type of thing, to create online content. I don't know why more instructors are not doing it. Um, I think it's also like they they expect it to be quick and as we both know it's not quick no not it's at not all. like you can bang a, a video up on youtube and suddenly make thousands of pounds the next no, day no. whereas i think with like maybe doing a martial arts class it's it's quicker and it's easier because you maybe do a little bit of local advertising you do run a facebook campaign you get some flyers out you uh, speak to people on the street and you open up your club and maybe you've got 10 people there first session and yeah. you kind of get that instant 
okay, I'm, I'm a martial arts instructor, I'm teaching, I've got 10 students straight away. So I get that, it's kind of quick. But with the online stuff, you know, there is a bit of a, a slog to get it moving. It's kind of like pushing a stalled car. You yeah. Have to get a massive amount of energy at the beginning just to get it rolling. But once it is rolling, it takes less energy. You can push it along with one hand. Yeah. Same with the online business. Yeah. Um, I think that puts people off. There's nothing, I mean, it's it's nothing beats though. I remember the I was I was at your course yes. when the first one came in. And I'd put my stuff online. I'm like, it's going, it's going, oh bing. Oh, what's that? Oh, somebody's bought it. Oh, look at that. And I got a little bit of a false sense of like, oh, I'm gonna sell loads of these now. Because <laughs> that one came in really fast. But it's brilliant. The first one, you're like, I've sold one. Yeah. I've sold it, one. It's amazing. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, are they gonna like it? <laughs> gonna, gonna, and then then you get your second then your third and then you know it it builds from there and it's it's a great feeling it really it's, is well it's the feeling that oh i don't need to actually be physically teaching to make an income that's yeah. a big mindset shift for people mm. um because you know we're used to right i'm gonna go and teach a class and i'm gonna either get paid you know cash mm. or like credit or whatever yeah. but it's physical effort now leads to me getting money in the bank um and then you can be sat having a beer you can be out you can be on a holiday you can be asleep and, that's the um, best one isn't it yeah when you wake up and you've made like 50 quid you're like yeah what? <laughs> I've maximum leverage <laughs> yeah i mean the best one is is another one i don't know if i should say this on your um, <laughs> i know what you're going to say <laughs> <laughs> but that's only ever happened once <laughs> but well, i did i don't want to know i don't want to know which part that you mean but anyway yeah 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 um making so, money bit or the, the... <laughs> the other bit, yeah. so that that was just like a, an amazing like situation so yeah well everyone's a winner <laughs> exactly exactly so yeah i don't i don't i don't get it i think there's a lot of fear i think a lot of people are um a, a bit concerned about the tech about imposter syndrome about other people saying negative things and the and if you get this going the positives are so enormous you know you get yeah. to build a tribe of people who respect you who listen to what you say who value you um, you get to take your, you know, skills and share them with a way large audience because you can teach anyone in the world uh, at any time. Yeah. Uh, it frees up your income and stops your income being so tied to a physical location, meaning, you know, you could, um, I was speaking to a guy, Donovan, about this, you know, if he could set up his online courses and bring in like 500 quid to a grand a month just from his online courses, which is very doable. Mm. You could go and live in the Philippines and train or live in Thailand and train all day and live really well and, you know, create content. And, you know, I, I don't get it why a lot of younger people aren't doing it. It's different when you've got a family and responsibilities and kids. It might be that you yeah. don't want to take the risk of doing this stuff because, you know, what if it doesn't work and I've wasted all this time and energy? Um, I could be doing other stuff like teaching private lessons or work doing seminars to make the money. But I think if you're kind of youngish and fairly good with social media and fairly good with tech, you know, build this now in your 20s so that yeah. by the time you're 30, you've got an income stream that is, you know, quite large. Yeah. And you can just do what you like with your life. And it's it's getting, I think anyway, it's becoming easier and more accessible with every passing year. Because, yes. I, I mean, I filmed all of mine 
on a DSLR for people that don't know. It's like a it's a it's a camera that you can also video with. Um, and at the time, it was really expensive bit of kit, like six seven hundred quid worth of camera. And I filmed it all in there, and it looked great, and it's HD, and it's amazing. I can actually get better quality video out of my phone now, yeah, and then I can edit it on my phone, and I can upload it on my phone, and it's just with every passing year of phone technology camera technology and phones and obviously the the um the power of the software and everything and And it's just getting easier yeah it's just getting easier and easier and easier to the point where you can just literally do it on your phone or your ipad or and it's just it's all on one piece of tech it's it's amazing yeah that's that's so true i remember when i started i had to film it on a giant like yeah. um, video camera like broadcast quality that i bought off a friend for about three grand yeah. and then it created these weird files that were massive like yeah. 200 gig yeah and, uh, just a nightmare to deal with and they were in a weird format and then i'd have to convert them then compress press them and then like try and get them to work and they were too big still and reduce the quality of the it was a looking nightmare and now Mm. like you say most modern smartphones you can film in 4k yeah and some in higher than that uh and which is all you're ever going to need uh and you can like you say edit everything with the apps on your phone you can upload it to the platform that you're going to be selling it on it's just super powerful super easy and should be so much easier for like younger people to get but most of my clients weirdly are like martial artists in their 40s plus and I mm. think that's because they realize the, the clock is ticking. Yeah. The, the biological body clock is ticking and they realize, oh, yeah, maybe in 15 years, I'm not going to be able to do this as well. I need some other options. So, I'm, you know, I haven't got any clients who are under, yeah, under 30. Wow. Which is a big surprise. But maybe because they don't, oh, you know, you, the young kids are already doing it and they don't want to listen to this this old fart trying to tell them what to do. <laughs> like all right granddad i'm already doing it don't worry i'll be uh you know outperforming you soon but uh yeah it, it, it's it's really interesting it's going to become more and more popular more and more people are going to do it um and part of the goal is to kind of claim your niche it's kind of like a gold rush at the moment mm. like people are filming content and getting known as a speciality in that area and then they tend to get all the attention they tend to get all the um, views they tend to dominate the area because they got there first Mm -hmm. so if you have a particular niche martial art or niche subject or thing that you're going to focus on now's the time to build it because you just want to get known as the the expert um because you'll get all the traffic you'll get most of the attention you'll get you know all the benefits yeah if you're third fourth fifth tenth one millionth in that area it's a lot harder (laughs) yeah i don't know where i sit on that list but joking aside i do still (laughs) i do still get people even though i've not actually put any content out now new stuff for a fair while i'm still getting people referring like tagging me in posts and stuff oh yeah this is the guy that you want to go to for that and this is that and it's just off the back of all the stuff i've done previously yeah so it, you know you do the legwork early on and you say you're getting known well, as that person and it no no pun yeah. intended legwork but you know what i'm saying <laughs> and it lives forever unless yeah. you take it down so that content will still be you know 
around in 20 years. And the great thing about martial artists is we're not too fussy about production quality. I know you might be in the film biz, but most martial artists aren't. Therefore, you know, I've watched videos, grainy videos of Bruce Lee practicing in his back garden yeah. in black and white. And I'm still quite excited to watch it and I still want to learn from it. Yeah. And the production quality is obviously shocking. It's, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. super bad. But uh, so, you know, even though um, things are going to get better, your quality, your content is still going to be valuable to martial artists 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years Absolutely. in the future. Absolutely. Yeah. So and like you say, you never know where it's going to go, do you? I mean, for, you know, somebody out there now might be sat listening to this and then something big happens to them or their career or they, you know, and then all of a sudden they've got this, this footage from, you know, um, you never know, do you? You never know. Um, no. It's, might be the next I, Bruce Lee. You never know. Well, exactly. I just think I just I have this conversation with instructors all the time. They're like, Matt, I need your help. Can you help me set up an online platform? Sure. Yeah. Let's book a call to have a chat about it. See what I can do. They don't either. They don't book it. They, I yeah. see them again at another event. I've really got to get that online stuff. Yeah. 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 Like, yeah. Yeah. You do. Yeah. 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 You just get uh, it done. And then they don't. <laughs> and then I'm like, just get it done. Honestly, why aren't you doing it? But um, one of the easiest ways to do it is just to set a schedule. So I used to film every Tuesday night from nine to ten after my classes finished because I was warmed up. I was energized and endorphins and all of that. And I just used to film every single Tuesday night, regardless whether I had something on my mind to film or whether I was just going to film some syllabus content or just stuff we covered in the class. And it became a habit. So every Tuesday night was filming night. And as soon as it became a habit, I started creating a lot of content because that's an hour and hour a week. Yeah. You know, after a year or two, you've got a hundred hours plus worth of content and that's it done really. So try, yeah, try if you can to put a little bit in the diary. If you're going to do this and you're actually committed to doing it, try and diarize it and make sure that, you know, Monday at 2 PM, you're going to do an hour every single week, like you would do with your training, with your cat repetition, with your stretching, with your marketing for your martial arts school although you know what martial artists are like with that they're quite inconsistent <laughs> but try and be consistent yeah and a, a top tip for anybody out there that panics about when it comes to filming stuff because that can be something that puts people off as well mm. a friend of mine who works in the um film industry that does he has a small production company he says whenever it comes to filming content just film it like it's live if you're one of these people that does 25 takes because you just he says no just stop yourself from messing around yeah press the button and imagine that you are broadcasting live to the world mm. you don't get a second go you just just film it like it's live um and just keep going and if you make a foul up just keep going because you can yeah. always edit it you can always yeah. edit it you know rather yeah. than faffing around doing 25 takes to get it perfect nobody yeah, cares that's... nobody cares nobody anyway cares. And in fact, people prefer to see uh, you make a mistake and kind of apologize or make a joke about it and then carry on and do it correctly, because that makes you more human, that makes yeah, you more yeah, relatable, yeah. it makes you seem more like them. Um, so you don't have to have it perfect. That's a great uh, idea. Another good tip is if you're really nervous about filming to a camera, film your classes or film a seminar with the cameras to the side, still recording you, but you're just teaching the class. And the idea then is you just get used to catching the camera on the, out 
the side of your eye, you know, and it stops being so scary and you're more focused on teaching towards the group and it'll get you more comfortable. Yeah. But it's like with all of these things, it's a bit of repetition. The first time you do it, um, you'll be shockingly bad. You'll make a load of mistakes. Your mouth will go dry. You'll stutter your words. You'll fall on your ass. <laughs> like with everything. But the more you practice and the more you do it, uh, the it does get easier. Oh, within about five hours, you start getting better at just presenting to a camera and you just you know you just get it and it's it becomes a lot easier but yeah um, i think that may be the problem like the first time someone tries it it feels really weird and they they screw it up and they're like oh, i'm not doing this it's going to be awful they think their first experience is going to be like that you know five mm. years down the line but of course it's not no, i just imagine when i'm doing it, it like when i'm recording the podcast solo i just think imagine i'm having a conversation with somebody that's just very one-sided yeah and um, <laughs> yeah. just and i just i make jokes and have fun with it and know just make silly comments and um you know don't try not to be too robotic and boring and you know just, well, just no relax one likes, no one really likes a, a perfect person you know yeah. people relate to um more natural situations like you would having teaching a class so yeah don't try and get it perfect don't worry about i mean the most important thing i would say is um decent lighting and decent audio is absolutely more, more important as you know well that actually brings that. us full circle doesn't it decent Two. audio oh yeah my, my new microphone coming my way too <laughs> <laughs> so um have, you, have we got anything going on that you want to share any events um, things people no, should be looking out for nothing really. i've probably oh, got right. loads going on but whenever you, you ask always me, say this every yeah, time yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. Um, what have I got going on? Yeah, um, well, obviously, oh, if people buy your book, people should go and buy your book and then they can do your course. Does that one yeah. in there? Yeah, yeah, I've got a, a, a little course I'm doing for people who bought my book to take them through some of the concepts. So, Black Belt Business book, get that on Amazon, send me a picture of you holding it, and then you can do a free course with me where I can help you apply some of the concepts. And obviously, if anyone wants help with setting up online courses, it's what yeah. I love to do. Um, it, I'm really passionate about it because I just see the potential for instructors to um, make a good living. For example, my instructor, uh, Bob Breen, I've mentioned him earlier. He sold his school a few years ago, set up his online course uh, business, and now has effectively retired from kind of teaching full time. He does a few workshops, a few privates, a few seminars but he's making an income from his online platform that allows him to live his life and, um, you know, spend a bit of free time with the wife and just in, enjoying his life. So that's Perfect. what I want. I want that for all martial arts instructors. So Perfect. get in touch if you need a bit of help. Definitely. And if you want any examples of what your course could look like, if you go over to kickbackpodcast.com, click on the Mitmaster banner at the top, go and buy some courses. Go and have a look and see what your courses could look like. Yeah, well, buy some courses. So, buy some uh, through that link. Buy me a microphone. Then I can buy him. Yeah, then I can buy a microphone. And then you'll be able to not only see him on the videos, but also hear him in like <laughs> HD audio. <laughs> HD <laughs> audio on Matt Chapman on the podcast. That'd be great. That'd through be great. his tin cannon string. Yeah, sorry about that, everyone. It will get, <laughs> it will get better shortly. <laughs> All right, dude. Well, thanks for your time as always. And, um, Thousands of people are going to come flood, flooding your way now to, to get these courses online. So get ready. No, I, I'm, I'm warmed up. Well, I don't need to be. Do get I, those pants. Get those pants on the, on the washing <laughs> line. Get those <laughs> pants ready. Yeah. Oh, that's funny.
Uh, so we'll do it. All right, we'll catch you next week. All right, dude. Have a good evening. Cheers, mate. Bye. Enjoy our podcast. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Kickback with Chris on iTunes today. So thanks again to Matt. As always, it was a bit of an extended one this uh, this time around. To be honest with you, we don't really tend to we don't sit down and go let's record twenty minutes or let's record ten minutes. It's we just just press record and talk. Um, so it's it's a very organic process, which is why um, each episode tends to be a different length. <laughs> You'd think after all these years of doing this, I'd have it all professionally set up. And I, I want these podcasts to be as real as as they can be, and that that that's why sometimes they're twenty minutes, sometimes they're two hours. It's just how it works. Um, but you know, again, you know, what we're nearly a hundred episodes in, and I know we've got people that are into it for different reasons. Some people like the Matt Chapman section, some people like my ranty bits, some people like it when we have guests on and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, hopefully you all got something from that. But no, the, the, I think the the takeaway from that is, is, you know, please, if you're sat on the fence about, you know, getting stuff recorded, just just get on and do it. Because, and, and look, and I get it, it's not for everybody. Some people are vehemently against it. All I would say is you're missing out on the opportunity to, well, to create a little insurance policy for yourself. You know, even if you record it and then do nothing with it, you've got it there for, you know, your kids or future generations of students. But also, you know, if, if something does happen, then, you you know, you have to return to that video content, then it's there. I mean, in my the, the front of my gym, I have a 50-something-inch telly um, on the wall, which I know some people, you know, super traditionalists are probably against that sort of stuff. But... There are times where we will dip into video content, YouTube content uh, of other martial artists and other fighters or, you know, um, people, you know, no longer with us that the footage is, you know, recorded. So it, it's it's good to have that there, you know, and God knows when I'm, when I have surgery and I'm going to be sat with my leg up for a while, we'll be dipping into some of those video clips of me demonstrating those techniques because they're going to be useful, useful for in the class. So, you know. I, I I I implore you know serious martial artists out there you know school owners and, and hobbyists alike you know get get your stuff recorded because you never know when you're going to need it and you've just got to kind of get out of your own way and 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 get on and do it because the technology's there you owe it to yourselves and you owe it to your students you know you never know what's going to happen tomorrow so anyway on a slightly more positive note. <laughs> Uh, the next episode, well, this is the plan anyway. The next episode, we're going to have Mr. Donovan Wint on, who's going to be talking to us, or talking with me, about all things social media and martial arts. Now, the obvious discussion that we could have is about Facebook adverts and Instagram and all that, which is something that he is absolutely brilliant with. It's like some sort of new level magic. I don't fully understand how it all works, but he's really good at it, and he's really young, and I hate him for that fact. But no, <laughs> um, we're actually going to have a full-on, full-on conversation about the good sides, the bad sides of, of martial arts and social media, the things that we've come across, the things that you guys have come across. Tell us all about it. I mean, I think it's fair to say that you know we we all like a good giggle at some. Not well, not always a giggle. Sometimes it's shocking. Some of the content we see on the likes of McDojo Life and the Instagram pages of I can't the names slipped my mind now but this you know people who put out these clips of people doing you think in my days what is what what is happening um so yeah there's 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 lots of pluses and minuses to to 
um, social media and, and martial arts for both clubs and practitioners alike. So yeah, we're gonna we're gonna discuss all those all those areas. So um, if you've got any questions that you want to me to put to, to Donovan when he's on, then fire him in. Send me him an email, christianstkd at gmail.com, or you can just use the Facebook. You can either drop a comment in the, the Facebook group um, or send me a message if you'd prefer to do that. You can also get us on WhatsApp at 07802889391. Get us on there. Um, God, I've got all the technologies ready today. And as well, oh yeah, I mentioned this already a few times. I am, look, do me a favor. If you, if you, right, seriously, if you're considering buying um, one of Matt's uh, videos or courses at mcmaster.com, do it through do it through our website, uh, kickbackpodcast.com, because I'm trying to track it all at the minute because um, it's supposed to be all set up. So for those who don't know, uh, Matt's very kindly done a deal with us, whereas any time you guys buy uh, one of his courses. And we see a percentage of that which goes back into paying for the things like hosting fees and just the general costs involved with trying to run a podcast on this scale. It's um, it comes with a comes with a price, uh, and you know you guys going out and, and spending a few quid on some courses it helps us out. Every little bit helps. But I'm I'm trying to figure out if it's working. So <laughs> it's a bit of a cheeky request. If you are actually genuinely thinking about buying something, please do it through our link. Doesn't cost you any more at all, but we see a little bit of it back, and I just want to test if it's. I'm trying to see if it's actually working. I don't think Matt's been dodgy on us. I just don't know if I've got it set up right. So basically, if you do buy something through the banner on the website, tell me that you've done it, so I can actually look to see if it's working. Um, I mean, I could just go and buy something myself. That's a bit counterproductive, really, isn't it? But um, anyway, anyway, just just yeah, let me know. Drop me a message and let me know if you've done it, uh, and then I can go out and check it. Uh, I think that's everything. It's been a bit of a longer one this week. Um, as I say, Donovan's going to be with us next week, so listen out for that one. As always, please do do all the stuff podcasting people ask you to do. Share the links on Facebook and like us on to iTunes and to, to subscribe and all that stuff. I, I've not got that stuff well rehearsed yet. I really should have to nearly 100 episodes. Uh, and I need to get thinking. I need to do something special for the 100th episode. But I'm not sure what. Uh, and I actually don't know how far off 100 we are. I need to go and, I need to go and count them. Anyway, on that note, I'm going to leave leave, uh, leave you to doing whatever you're up to at the minute. Have a good rest of your week or weekend, whatever you're up to. As always, any suggestions for any future episodes or any topics, because remember, it's topic-based now, drop me a message, let me know, and I'll do my best to include it. Just as long as it's not about award shows. Stop asking me to talk about that all the time, please. Deary me. Anyway, jokes aside, have a good rest of your week, and I'll speak to you next time. Cheers. Brought to you by www.mitmaster.com.